Today's episode is called Blessed Are the Horoscope Readers, as we continue our exploration of the Beatitudes of Bethlehem. Today, looking at the sixth Beatitude, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, Christians love the notion that people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16. But I think we should probably shudder a bit at its implications, especially when it comes to religious worship and devotion. In our tribalistic era, where we think we're judged by whether we're whether we're on the right team or not, or belong to the right religious club, this verse reminds us that true believers will be determined by the condition of their heart and their motivations which are hidden from all but God's eyes. Our sixth beatitude of Bethlehem proclaims, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What does it mean to be pure in heart? And why do they see God? And, And who in the Christmas story exemplify this purity of heart that leads their eyes to the King of Kings? The word pure in this context doesn't mean morally pure, without sin, and so on. Rather, it it means unmixed, without alloy. We might say, blessed are those with unmixed motives and undivided allegiances. The upside-down kingdom born in a Bethlehem manger demands people's single-minded devotion. Mary's baby would spend his adult ministry calling for single-minded commitment, saying things like, No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. Or, The narrow way leads to life, and the broad way leads to destruction. Or, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Or again, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus' brother picked up the message and passed it along in his later letter he wrote, warning, quote, Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person who with with undivided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. James 1, 6-8 This is the idea Jesus seems to have in mind when he says, Blessed are the pure, or undivided in heart, or devotion. For these folks will have eyes to see God when he passes by in unexpected places and strange disguises. Myron Augsburger, in his commentary, warns that perhaps we need to examine our motives in the religious exercises more than in any other area, how easy it is to cover selfish ambition with the cloak of religious service. Let's be honest, friends, for a moment. And count how many times we've dragged ourselves to church and sat through the service while our heart remained in some other faraway place. How easy it is to give charitably and maintain our membership standing in a church, to grit our teeth and force our way through our morning devotional time and 
all the external a actions out of sync with our heart's true condition and focus. Again, people focus on outward things, such as church attendance, dead rituals, going through the religious motions. Meanwhile, God is gazing into our hearts. Thankfully, he's not standing with a clipboard or holding a microscope over our moral performance and measuring our sins versus virtuous actions ratio. No, he is checking our spiritual pulse to see if our heart beats after God's own heart. Do we desire God more than earthly things? Are we willing to sell everything in order to purchase the field in which lies the pearl of great price? Jesus and his kingdom, Matthew 13. The true scandal is that many whose outward actions and appearances, religious affiliations and lack of devotion, seem to betray a lack of faith or good standing in Christian circles. Let me read that again. The true scandal is that many whose outward actions and appearance, religious affiliations and lack of devotion, seem to betray a lack of faith or good standing in Christian circles, may actually be some of the purest in heart. Those best able to truly see the God revealed in Jesus. On the other hand, many dutiful churchgoers who logged many hours volunteering at church might in the end hear Jesus say at the judgment, I never knew you. Depart from me. Matthew seven twenty three. But the people, the very people we may never find sitting in a church pew on Sunday, may be traveling their own long and circuitous route that ultimately leads the pure-hearted to pure-hearted worship of the Christ. Let's take another look at the Magi today. The Magi, the wise men from the East, who had no business being part of this Jewish story, but who nevertheless can teach us something about what it means to be pure in heart. In Matthew 2, 1 through 2, we read, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. The so-called <clears throat> three wise men likely came from Persia and were astrologers, sometimes translated as magi or soothsayer. It was a practice condemned by God. See scriptures such as Exodus 23, Deuteronomy 18, 2 Kings 23, Zephaniah 1, Amos 5, Acts 7. They could have been of the Persian priestly caste of Zoroastrianism, who paid particular attention to the stars. Outwardly, they were unlikely worshippers, non-Jewish priests of another religion dabbling in dark and forbidden arts. Yet, inwardly, their hearts were drawn to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even by unorthodox means. Their spiritual oneness and sincere seeking led them to the Savior, where they saw the face of God in the infant's eyes. 
The Magi showed a purity of commitment, a singleness of heart, and their willingness to travel hundreds of miles on a risk-filled journey from the east. They stayed the course until they found the one. They fixed their eyes on the star that would end up fixing their eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of faith. Do you think these guys would be welcome in our churches if they showed up this Christmas Eve to worship Christ? I I suspect these Ouija board playing, crystal ball rubbing, tarot card reading visitors would be brushed off and awkwardly avoided if they showed up at our church. They certainly would not be invited to come forward and play a central role in the service, would they? But should we be surprised if the church usher looks at outward appearances while God sees into their heart? God looks inside the hearts of such visitors and often finds a pure devotion and sincere openness. Even if outward affiliations, religious sensibilities, theological beliefs may offend and need a lot of tweaking. Still, the greatest gift the Magi bring to the story is, is not the frankincense, gold, and myrrh. It's the gift of childlike wonder and spiritually enlightened eyes that can see God and his fingerprints in everything. I mean, God has placed little signposts or signatures of himself all over creation, in nature, in other people, in scripture, in worship, and in the sacraments. And yes, in the stars. G.M. Hopkins says, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. And that certainly includes the starlit sky over Beth Bethlehem. Here's the problem. <coughs> A divided heart will begin to divide reality into God's space and secular space. Sacred days and ordinary days. Suddenly we've relegated God to that holy building over there where we expect to find him one day a week. No wonder we don't see God Monday to Friday in the everyday spaces. But if we purify our hearts and begin to look for God everywhere at all times, what would happen? We might start seeing God in the sunrise and the sunset. His smile and gentle presence in the falling snow and, and His holiness in the violent thunderstorm. In the smile of a lover and in the suffering of a brother, we find him in a loaf of bread and a cup of grape juice, even in the stars above. The psalmist was preparing us for the Magi's appearance when he sang, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. It certainly has. And those wise men noticed and heard the word and responded. 
This Christmas, let us all ask God for the gift of undivided hearts and spiritual eyes that search the heavens above and the earth below for the face of God hidden in plain sight. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, says G.M. Hopkins, but his favorite place to play is the outer chambers of every human heart that is willing, single-mindedly, to prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing joyously when magi and mall clerks alike come to see God in the most unexpected of places. So, blessed are the Ouija board players whose hands keep moving around the board until they spell Christ. Blessed are the horoscope readers who discover their true destiny is written not in the stars, but in the Lamb's book of life. Blessed are the crystal ball consultors who realize their future is secure in Christ. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. 1 Peter 1.4 And blessed are all pure-hearted pagans who seek God with the tools they've been given. Blessed not because they're pagans, but because they're sincere seekers who are also willing to be found. Blessed are all the undivided hearts who carry God binoculars around their necks at all times, for they will see God in, even in the deepest thicket and darkest valleys. Yes, Jeremiah was given this sixth beatitude of Bethlehem 600 years before Christ proclaimed it, when he said, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Jeremiah 29, 13. So, friends, what are we waiting for? What are we looking for? Let's open our eyes, purify our hearts, and keep those God binoculars handy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And may we all see God in the manger this Christmas. Grace and peace, friends. We will see you next time on Christmas Eve. If you want to tune in to my Christmas sermon from 2020 as we explore Blessed is the Prince of Peacemakers, our final beatitude of Bethlehem. We'll see you then. Grace and peace.